Well, hello, boys and girls. Are you scared yet? Wait a minute. Why am I trying to scare you? What the hell? This is a comedy podcast. What? Why am I trying to terrify you? Sorry. So sorry about that. Uh, hey, gang. How are you, man? Um, Harlan Williams here, and we have a very odd podcast today. Very special podcast. Very different than anything I've ever done, and I, I don't know if you like it or hate it. Um, and if you like it, maybe we'll do more of it. And if you don't, well, let me know, and I'll stay the hell away from it, man. But uh, on today's podcast, um, you're going to get a a recorded uh, a recorded uh, stand-up comedy set that I did uh, where I go down to the local comedy clubs and just work on new material and work on premises and talk to the crowd and kind of just just kind of find my way uh it's kind of like a uh, peek behind the uh the comedy the stand-up comedy curtain so hopefully you like it um and uh we're just gonna roll the whole it's like a 30 minute set it's like you're gonna be transported from wherever you are now to a a night on the sunset strip at a live comedy club so you've bought your tickets, you're in your seat, grab your drink, it's the Harland Highway! Welcome to the Harland Highway. Alright, let's get this sucker going, huh? You're causing a major disturbance on my time. It's the Harland Highway. What's up, brah? If I'm here and you're here, doesn't that make it our time? <laughs> I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. Am I hallucinating here? Just what in the hell do you think you're doing? You just made a wrong turn onto the Harland Highway. This is your fucking wake-up call, man. You're riding down the Harland Highway with Harland Williams. In 30 seconds, you'll be dead. And I'll blow this place up and be home in time for cornflakes. hey oh Well, today, uh, as I said, is a special show. Um... Today I'm going to kind of uh, peel the curtain back a little for you guys. Um, and I don't know if you'll find this boring or fascinating or somewhere in between, but I thought, you know, if I was a young up-and-coming comedian or, you know, a fan of stand-up comedy or, you know, maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm a guy who likes cars, but maybe hearing the mechanics... um of stand-up comedy might hold some interest for some of you guys. So here's what I'm doing. Uh, you know, comedians have many different ways of writing, of, of um, you know, uh, coming up with material. And I'm a guy who my whole career, I, I've never sat down at a computer. I've never uh, put pen to paper and wrote out jokes. I've always felt, uh, for my sensibility, it's too technical. To me, uh, comedy is is like it's it's more of a energy and a feel and a flow and uh, and so I always wanted my comedy to just come from a, an organic place where it just kind of flows out of me. It flows out of ideas. It flows out of improv. It flows out of spur of the moment. And uh, so my method for coming up with stuff has always just been to either create it right on stage in the moment by talking to people or thinking of things in the moment on stage, something comes into my head and I just blurt it out 
or I kind of go up with a kind of a vague concept, a, a general like point of reference, as you'll hear in this uh, in this set, you know, talking about birth and babies being born or, uh, you know, extinction or animals or the human condition, things like this. And I never really have things mapped out with punchlines and stuff like that. I, I try to just go up with a general concept and start talking about it. And in the moment, let the punchlines kind of come to me uh, or fill in or, you know, because I feel like if I throw if I throw a uh, topic or a subject out on stage, it's like people are here to laugh. So I can't just say, hey, who likes cars and just leave it at that. So I kind of go into this panic mode. Imagine yourself drowning and clawing to the surface of the water. So I'll throw out concepts and kind of know that, look, if I don't fill this in with something funny, these people are going to be upset. They're not going to laugh. And I'm going to look like an idiot. So I'll go up with maybe a few vague ideas of what I think is funny. Maybe maybe some... uh, Maybe what I think are possible punchlines, but a lot of the time I just let them come to me in the moment or, or uh, you know, let, let the energy of the room channel through me or whatever. And, uh, and this is kind of my writing process. This is how I, I like to do my stand-up. I find it a lot more uh, freeing. It feels like I'm flying. It feels like I'm floating as opposed to sitting down and... You know, being at a desk and going, okay, today I'm going to write about uh, motherhood. Let's see. Um, and I'm not saying that's a bad method. A lot of very amazing comedians do it that way. And I've tried it. I'll be honest. I've tried maybe twice, three times in my life. And it it just doesn't work for me. It's too stiff. You know, it, it's, like, it's like someone who rides horse, uh, you know, who likes to ride without a saddle puts on a saddle and they try it and they go, you know, I, I just don't like the saddle. It's too, it's too rigid for me. It's too confining. It, it doesn't feel right. And so my method for writing, which I think might be a bit unorthodox, but somehow uh, works for me. It's the method that I get the most satisfaction from. It's the method I get the most joy from. I think half of it is because I don't know what's coming a lot of the time. I'm not trying to say that every single word out of my mouth is completely, ta-da, I never thought of that before I went up here. No, that would be inaccurate. I'd say it's like, you know, 50-50. Some nights it's it's 60-40. Some nights it's, you know, some nights it's all improv. And uh, so, you know, I, that's what I like about it. That's the beauty. That's That's the freedom of being on stage. I don't know what the ratio will be. I don't know what I'm going to come up with. I don't know if I go up with a plan in my head and then all of a sudden I talk to someone in the crowd and I go completely in a different direction and do the whole show that for the, you know, the rest of that topic. And um, I don't know. I thought, you know, sometimes I tape my shows in order to kind of play them back and see if there was something there that I, I liked. It's rare that I do it. I I should do it a lot more. And one of one of the pavement pounders is Cap Brian out of uh, Dallas. He keeps sending me emails and voicemails and saying, you know, Harlan, you should record more of your stand-up comedy because a lot of the gold you do uh, just comes out 
in each different show and then it's gone. It never it never comes back again because you improvise it. And I was like, man, Brian's Brian's right. And by the way, thank you for that. You know, it's stuff I think about, but I, I, I guess I kind of figure out whatever. But then I think, you know, it's true. Maybe a lot of good stuff that would bring uh, laughter to people kind of just floats out the window. So, Brian, just so you know, thanks to your urging, I'm going to try and record a lot more of my shows. I rarely do it. I've probably done it maybe 10 times in my career. And this is one that I did, uh, I guess, when I was getting ready to release my new album, uh, A Force of Nature. And I was I was going up on stage at local clubs in Hollywood and um, and I was kicking around ideas. I was kicking around concepts that, you know, played into kind of the uh, overall theme of my my stand up special, A Force of Nature, which just came out in January. By the way, you can pick it up at my website if you want and uh, see the finished product. So I was dropping by a lot of the local Hollywood clubs, just popping in and doing what we call a set. I'm going to pop in and do a set, man. Going down to the Hollywood Improv or the Laugh Factory or the Comedy Store. And that's that's one of the perks of being an established comedian, a guy who's, you know, paid his dues. You know, us guys, we can kind of pop into these local clubs and just jump on stage and work on stuff. And... I love it, man. I almost love it more than doing a, a you know, a structured show, you know. It's so uh, liberating and freeing, and it, it's, it, to me, it's like, uh, it's like those guys who jump off of cliffs with the, uh, the webs under their arms, you know, those, those, those guys that just free fall, and they just, they're flying. And when I get to go up on stage and just just let it fly, I I really feel like, you know, like I got wings, like I'm just, uh, I'm in such a pure creative uh, frame of mind. And let's be honest, it doesn't always work. I mean, God, it's risky. A lot of it's hit and miss, and some of it just plain sucks. Some of it... Some of it works, some of it's amazing, some of it you, you end up going in a direction you don't want. Maybe you get you go dirty and you're like, oh, I shouldn't have got dirty. Or maybe you, you get weird or you say stuff that uh, it's a non sequitur. But that's the beauty of it. it it's just uh, you don't know what's coming. So all that being said, uh, this is a, a set that I taped. And I'm going to play it to you from beginning to end. Um. And uh, I'm going to play you right from the introduction, which you'll be confused about because uh, I, I will not be introduced as myself. Here's something that I'll let you in on that's revealing. Um, when I work around town and I'm just uh, doing my sets, working on stuff, I don't. I, I like going up in a frame of mind what that I call pure. I like stepping into purity. And what I mean by that is. Um, you know, most comics go up on stage by their their given name, and the, and you have the MC list all their credits, and and I just don't like that stuff. To me, that's just a bunch of business. It's distracting. It's like, okay, yeah, I was in Dumb and Dumber, I was in something about Mary, I was in Rocket Man, blah blah blah. I was on Conan. I did this. I did that. I don't care about that stuff. I mean, I care. I'm glad I did it, but. 
when I go up and work on stuff that's new and fresh, it's like I want to go up to a blank slate. I don't want the audience having any preconceived notions. I don't want my credits to help elevate my status. I don't want, I don't want uh, you know, my credits to uh, put the stamp of approval on the audience. Oh, that guy's done movies and television. He must be funny. So what I do is I go up by these aliases. I go up uh, under the name Larry Smith and John Smith and, you know, Billy Coconut and uh, Wally Ringwald. (laughs) I mean, I make up the wackiest wild names, and I I say I'm from, like, the smallest little hick town I can think of, like Fresno or Bakersfield. And that way I'm uh, I'm going up to a real blank slate, like mentally for myself, and, you know, hopefully for people in the audience who don't recognize me initially or those that aren't familiar with me at all, I mean, usually usually people know who I am in a lot of cases, but I just like going up to that anim, 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 animinity, anim, anim, animosity. No, that's being mean. You know what I'm saying? I'm having a tongue twister. Animinity. Oh, I can't say the word. It's like Massachusetts. Um, <laughs> so, um, so that's my method. That's my method. I go up blank, and I just start rambling, and I kind of go all over the place, and I try to stay away from some of my uh, any of my established material on those nights. On those nights when I when I go up and just work on new stuff, I I try to make a point of never leaning on stuff that works. And I think in this set, you'll maybe hear me near the end do like one or two quick little bits that I've done before that I know work. But for the most part, this this whole set is a grand experiment. It's me just winging it. It's me talking to the crowd and going up as uh, John Smith from Fresno. And uh, I just thought it might be interesting for you guys to hear it. You'll you'll see that some of it works and some of it sucks. And uh, and then what I did is even at the end, just so you get the full club experience, I leave the tape rolling. Uh, people are walking up to me after the show, you know, talking to me, taking pictures. And even right to the end of the show where I go back to the wait staff area where I'm talking to the waitresses, I'm saying goodnight, and I leave the, the, the tape rolling till I'm walking right out to my car, and you can hear my, my keys to my truck jingling before I shut off the, the recording. And the reason I'm going to do all this is just I want you to have a feel of the whole process. Put yourself in my shoes. This is you going down to the Hollywood Strip, the Sunset Strip in Hollywood, Los Angeles, California. You're walking into the uh, Laugh Factory Comedy Club on Sunset Boulevard. And uh, you're just going to go up and fly and see if you can come up with some material that works. And uh, just just have some fun. So here we go, gang. This is me and how I do my business. <laughs> Sir, you look like you're from there. How about others? 
some raisins. <laughs> this show's uh, for everyone tonight. This show's for uh, people from all over the world. How about a shout out to my Chinese friends? I'll See, see, any other living organism in the world, 
would, would walk over a mountain of gold, a big pile of gold could be laying on the forest floor, and every other critter alive would walk right over it to go eat like a rotting deer corpse. <laughs> Ma'am, please don't walk out in the middle of my routine. I have to pee, I'm sorry. I know, but what's more important here, ma'am? You squirting your yellow Newman Club lemonade or me talking about rotten deer meat. here talking about important issues about humanity and she's in there uh, letting it rip. <laughs> doing a giant cinnabon. <laughs> Frank big giant cinnabon! <laughs> but as I was saying, we were all kids once. We were all born, man, right? Were you ever born, dear? You were born. We were all babies. Kid, you were a baby once. Do you remember when you were a little bald thing running around, huh? All bald and squishing marshmallows on your eyes and stuff. Remember that? Huh? Bet you were a cute little kid, huh, guy? Were you a cute little fella? Sure you were. Look, you got the dimples and you were a cute little baby. We were all little babies. Anyone here have a baby? Do we have any mothers here? Any mothers? Anyone give birth? Inspector Gadget, you have a grandchild, sir? So you physically gave birth to a grandchild. Ladies and gentlemen, Benjamin Button's in the house. Here's what's weird about babies being born. Uh, it's, uh, it's an odd thing. A lot of guys like to watch the babies come out. Now, I couldn't do that. That's a very intimate area right there on a woman. Right, guy? You've had intercourse before. <laughs> That's a very intimate area. I could not crouch down in front of that area and watch a kid trying to push its way out into the world. You know, imagine that little baby, like, pushing its way out. And here's a guy like me who was a kid. I used to go to the fair and play whack-a-mole all the time. <laughs> snitchels on your feet. Call your mother and tell her your new name is Sally Licorice Whip, all right? Because I'm about to rip this laugh factory a giant new asshole. I walked in here earlier and said, this club needs a big new asshole and I'm going to rip it one. But it's weird, you know, once you see a baby man, trying to be graphic, man. I'm not trying to be rude or disgusting. We're all human. This is a fact of life. Some men like to watch a baby come out. I'm just trying to relay my particular experience. See, once I see a kid, once I know the kids come out of a woman like that, 
I'm never going to be able to go down and orally pleasure a woman again because I'm always going to be afraid I'll be down there and like a Tonka truck will come flying out. Hit me in the forehead and cut me. Cut me, my child. Cut me. You need to take your switchblade knife out, sir, and cut me into a million little pieces. And each piece would say, I love you. Sir, were you a baby once? Were you a baby kid? Sir? I'm pointing right at the guy in the white shirt right there. Were you a baby, sir? It's a real easy question. Either you were, or you were fucking born six foot two with a big wig on your head. Here's the deal, okay? Babies come out, and what happens right away, Duran Duran Jr.? Huh? Tries to get the adrenaline going, slaps your ass, huh? Or depending where you live in L.A., maybe does a drive-by. <laughs> but he gets your adrenaline going, whack, welcome to the world. <laughs> right, huh? That's what it sounds like, guy. Come on, don't look at me like I just shaved the backside of a Brazilian tortoise. <laughs> so I figured out a better way adrenaline going, right? My funny little friend who's going to go steal 101 Dalmatians after the show is like, chip-chimmery, 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 I love Dalmatian meat in my... Stop playing with her hair, I'm doing a goddamn show! You're over there doing a fucking Paris Hilton lesbian routine. So here's the deal. Instead of smacking them, right? Instead of whacking them into the world and getting the adrenaline going, here's what we do, crew, okay? Sir, are you with me? You put the women on the roof of the hospital. Sir, are you with me on this? Are you visualizing what I'm saying? Are you just staring off into space as if fucking Griselda the Teenage Witch is going by on her magic vacuum cleaner? You put the women up on the roof, sir. Just focus. You put the Pregnant women up on the roof, right on the ledge, okay? You spread their legs, man. And I'm not trying to be graphic, but that's how babies come out. It's like Rod Stewart said, spread your wings and let me come inside, all right? The women get up on the ledge of the uh, hospital. They open their legs. They're right up on the roof. Baby comes out. It's standing on the ledge, right? It's already got the bungee cord attached. Mama just goes, welcome to the world, you little bastard. Stop. 
I'm going, ma'am. I had to take some water and lubricate my thorax. <laughs> it's funny, though, you know, the human race, you know, we're, what are we, six and a half billion people now? Think of that. Think of that staggering number, sir. Six and a half billion people. And that's not even a joke. Some of you can laugh. Some of you can walk up and go do a Cinnabon for all I care. That's a staggering number. Six and a half billion. And then you, you get these uh, these guys, these forest management people, who uh, who are worried that maybe there's, uh, you know, 60,000 elk wandering through vast amounts of forest, giant acreage of forest, right? And they say, well, we got to go down and cull the herd. We got to shoot like 10,000 elk a year just to manage them. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. What about the 11 million people living in Los Angeles, huh? Let somebody go in and take those suckers out. Is snake blisking around at all? <laughs> what are you doing, man? You got your hand up? Oh, you were ordering a drink. I thought you had a question about my routine. I thought you were going to go, sir, when do you actually get funny? <laughs> I know, I'm heckling myself now. <laughs> But you think, there's always this burning question, right? And I'm sure many of you guys have asked this. Out of six and a half billion people, guy, six and a half billion, you'd think maybe two chicks could get together and throw a threesome my way? Is that, is that fucking doable? Six and a half fucking billion, and I can't get a threesome together yet? We're taking over. Oh, we got to get off this planet. We got to get off to another uh, galaxy or another planet. Are you for the whole, uh, you know, uh, getting Mars going, buddy? I look in your eyes and I'm not sure if I'm getting what, where you're at with the whole colonizing Mars scene. Officer, I look at you and I don't know if I'm seeing you having a crib on Mars in your eyes. Would you like to live on Mars, buddy? You would? Would you, ma'am? You would? How come, ma'am? Just quickly, because I have an act to do, but how? Why would you like... Huh? No, why would you like to live on Mars? Because it's cool. Yeah, it's fucking freezing is what it is, man. It's like beyond sub-zero. That's this guy. He just went in the bathroom and threw a polywog in the toilet. Four hours later, it was a fucking hedgehog. What's that? Alien sex. Alien sex, man? You'd like to have alien sex? Why don't we wait till I get my fucking threesome going? And then we'll worry about you and E.T. having a 69 in the middle of the night, okay? She probably puts uh, one of those Reese's pieces on the tip of her clip, hoping
great group. I'm really enjoying this. I was going to bail about 10 minutes ago, but I love this group. I got a whole, I'm going to keep going. I'm on fire. I'm on fire. I'm like a lion that just pulled a baby gazelle down, and I'm just starting to eat it from the ass forward. over there. <laughs> you folks take real good care, okay? It's been a real pleasure working for you. Well, okay, slam the door and remind me of my parents. Thanks. <laughs> Here's something fun, folks. You ever do this? You ever uh, get a couple of Kentucky Fried Chicken drumsticks, uh, buddy? Did you ever go to Kentucky Fried Chicken, buddy, when you're not, you know, hungry like the wolf and stuff? <laughs> Kentucky Fried Chicken drumsticks and glue them to the top of your head and pretend you're a giraffe? <laughs> you will tomorrow. Yeah, you will. I'd like to see that. I'd like to see you with two drumsticks on your head and E.T. <laughs> things differently. Did you know that uh, ghost, uh, ghosts fart marshmallows? <laughs> Did you know that you can see your astrological star sign in the speckles on Morgan Freeman's face? <laughs>
let's see. Let's test my theory. You're going to like this. Ready? Let's see what you can do. Did you know that gay people cannot say, damn straight? Damn straight? You're not gay.
So there you go. I'm out the door. Walk into the parking lot. Did my set. Still with me? 
Walk into my truck. There's the keys. And uh, <laughs> I've left the club, man. That That's, that's a night uh, with a stand-up comedian, in this case me, Harlan Williams. And uh, that's, uh, I can't remember what night that was. That was probably like a Wednesday or a Thursday where the club's not super packed. Maybe, maybe there was like uh, 50, 40, 50 people in the club which is common during the weeknights uh, in Hollywood. And that was just uh, me working it out. And it was fun going back because a lot of fun stuff that made me laugh, you know, the uh, the whole uh, the girl with the Reese's Pieces on her uh, on her clitoris. I know, like I said, sometimes it gets, it gets out there, but <laughs> old bug eyes eating her out. And then something that I wish I had said, uh, going back and listening to this, um, it was really funny when the, when the, uh, gay gentleman, I asked him how long he'd be gay, how long he's been gay. And he said, uh, I've been gay since the, I was, I've been gay since the moment I was born. And in hearing that back, I thought to myself, man, that's gotta be a super huge bummer. Like the moment you're born, like the first thing you do, you come out of your mother, you're instantly, you know, you're gay. And you turn around and there's a great big vagina staring at you. Like that's that's not a great greeting for a gay kid. A brand new gay kid in the world who knows he's gay immediately. <laughs> and he's gay. he turns around. He's like, yeah! Ah! Like the last thing a gay kid would want to see. First thing he sees in life. The very first thing once he pops into the world. And when you're a kid, it's got to look huge, right? It's got to be like us, like hiking and jumping over a crack in the desert. <laughs> it's like the kid, kid finally wipes the placebo from his eyes and staring right into a giant vagina. Poor, poor little gay guy. Um, so there you go. So there you go, man. I, you know, I took a bit of a chance with this one. I don't know if you'll like it, you'll hate it, you'll think it's stupid, but uh, I thought, I thought, you know, this is what I do for a living. This is one of the things I do for a living. This is kind of what started my career, and and this is my method, and and uh, maybe it might be fun to hear it. Um, but again, thanks to Brian in uh, in Dallas, and uh, I am going to try and make a point of recording. More shows. I don't know that I'll lay out a whole show for you. This was kind of an experiment, but what I will try and do is is find some uh, some classic bits that, as Brian said, probably would have just floated away into the atmosphere and never been heard by anyone. And hopefully, I can catch some some uh, some gold. So there you go, gang. There you go. Uh, behind the curtain with Harlan Williams, and uh, speaking of Harlan Williams, well, let let's talk about uh, what's coming up for the guy. If you want to see me live, if you want to see me doing this nonsense you just heard live, well, get your butt to the Hollywood Improv tomorrow night. Um, because I'm going to be doing a benefit there tomorrow night. I'm going to be doing a benefit for the blind. And there's going to be a lot of me just winging it and having fun. 
And uh, it's going to be a, a great, great benefit down at the Hollywood Improv and uh, on Melrose Boulevard. Uh, Greg Fitzsimmons is going to be there. Uh, Paul Rodriguez, Greg Proops. Um, you know, it's going to be a really, really uh, solid evening. I'm, I'm having, I have a feeling it might be sold out, but if you can get there, get there. Call the Hollywood Improv for tickets. It's a great cause. Um, and it's, uh, it's, it's for, uh, helping the blind. So go to that. Uh, if you're in San Jose, California, boys and girls, uh, I will be there Thursday, uh, May 9th through the 12th. We'll be doing stand up comedy and improv. It's going to be like a double show, man. Stand up and improv all under one roof. Um, and then, uh, let's see, uh, May 17th to the 18th, that's uh, a weekend gig in Denver at the Comedy Works, great venue, come on out and, uh, see me there, it's gonna be fantastic, man, um, please check out, uh, my website, harlowilliams.com, uh, if you want to leave me a message, you can uh, you can leave me a message at uh, harlowilliams.com or you can phone me, leave me a voicemail, 323-739-4330, 323-739-4330. Check out my stand-up schedule at harlowilliams.com. Check out our store. We have great stuff, hilarious books, DVDs, movies, CDs, T-shirts, all kinds of wicked wild stuff for you, gang. Um, and that's it, man. That is it. Hope you enjoyed the show. Please tell your friends to get on the highway. We are collecting uh, new pavement pounders every week. It's a great feeling to know you guys are tuning in, um, and I'm having a blast doing it. So until next time, keep on flying with a big bowl of chicken chow mein, baby. <laughs> <laughs>